Good morning. Welcome to church. You guys can stand with us. We're going to sing together. I'm just going to open us in a quick prayer. God, thank you so much for this opportunity to just be in your presence today in community with our brothers and sisters. We're so grateful, Lord, for your presence. I just ask that you would meet us here, that as we come in our imperfect offerings, our distractedness and stress and all the things that can take our attention, Lord, I just ask that you would just meet us where we are and help us to be able to really engage with your spirit this morning and to receive and to lift you up. Amen. Son 
to worship. It's from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. It says, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, but revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. It was finished on that day. Death was beaten, all darkness was slain. All his passion poured out like the rain upon the earth three days buried they came to mourn the stone was rolled away the veil was torn for he has risen he is the king of all the earth. Hallelujah, he has conquered death. We cry holy, he reigns in all the earth. Hallelujah, he has conquered death.
these truths to lift the Lord up.
from those songs that I felt compelled to pray. Um, I know that's really sensitive. I'm trying to adjust that. Sorry. 
Um, I was just asking the Lord uh, which direction I should go in for our time of prayer because there were so many themes that were resonating with me, so many things that just felt um, like they pertain to where I find myself. And um, I think where I find myself feeling the most seen this morning is um, when we were singing Reckless Love because I just so appreciate being reminded. I'm the kind of person, this may be, you know, oversharing, but I'm the kind of person that I I just feel like I can never hear enough just how much God loves me. And I don't ever want to be less moved by that truth that God loves me. I don't want to be in the place where I sing about God's and we say reckless love, which we've talked about that before. That's problematic for some people, but reckless meaning to us, it's reckless because we would never be able to continue to show the kind of love to others the, the same way that God shows his love to us. It's relentless. And I'm so thankful for that. And so I don't know, maybe that resonates with you too this morning. That maybe there are some of us who just feel like, yes, I hear that and I'm so thankful, but it's, I I want to respond to that again because sometimes I just go through the motions. And maybe, maybe some of you feel like you just want to respond, like that's the first time that you've heard that truth, that, that the love of God chases you and finds you. And for others, maybe you just need to be reminded of that truth today. That there's nowhere you can go where the love of God doesn't meet you there. I shared this with the congregation several weeks ago at this point, but back in the fall, this is what I pictured as I was singing this song today. Back in the fall, I I went on a solo kind of spiritual retreat for a few hours one afternoon, and it was a beautiful fall day, and I was just doing some, some walking on a trail, and And I sat down in this shallow little valley type place and sat on this log and just for the first time in months, I felt it building and I just unloaded on the Lord. And I just said, God, I don't know why, but you've been so hard to find lately. And I just feel like there is something separating me from you. And just as sure as I'm standing here, the sun just burst through the trees and just shone on me in such a powerful and overwhelming way that I just knew that it was God. I knew that it was God reminding me in that moment that there was nowhere I could go and find myself separated from his presence, from his grace, from his love, and it was overwhelming. In that moment, it was overwhelming. And so that's what I was thinking of as we were singing this song is that it overwhelms us and it should because we walk away and we turn our back again and again and again and he never stops coming to find us. And that should overwhelm all of us this morning. And so I just want you to know as we go into a time of prayer that you are praying to a God who is not meeting you for the first time, some of you. You are praying to a God who sees you, who knows you, who loves you in radical, overwhelming ways. And 
that's the kind of love I, I invite you to respond to this morning. So God, we come before you fully open, each of us in different places spiritually. God, maybe there are different themes that would resonate with with all the different kinds of people here today. And maybe there are certain messages that would speak loudly to some of us more than others. But God, there is one thing that we can proudly declare and, and think on today, and it resonates the same for all of us, and that is your love. And just how amazing and overwhelming it is that you would look at me and I see all of the messy, broken parts of me that I don't like, the things that, that I am, am ashamed of, God. I, I think about just the ways that I've grown, but it's easy to look back and just think, oh, I just wish that that's not my story. I wish that that was not a part of, of who I am and what's made me who I am. But God, then I think about the fact that you see all of those things too, and yet you love me just the same. And your love has moved me beyond those broken places. God, your love has, has overwhelmed me in such a way that, that I have been able to move beyond those things. And God, I just pray that you would do that again here today for all of us. I pray that each person in this room would feel your overwhelming love just swelling up inside of them. I pray that each person here would, would have their own sun bursting through the trees moment where they feel seen and loved and overwhelmed by your presence. And God, I, I pray that, that we would not just receive that love and remain unmoved, but, but God, we would allow your love to to transform us from the inside out god i pray that we would respond to that love in whatever way is necessary for us today god we don't just gather here out of of duty or to just check boxes today that's not why I'm here. I'm here to encounter your radical presence that wants to continue to shape me and to mold me. God, I am here to, to be encouraged by this body, this, this group of, of Christ followers who come together and, and we just celebrate your presence and your love and your work in our lives and I pray that it would strengthen us in such a way that we would leave here different than when we came in. That having encountered your, your love in a special way today, having been encouraged and strengthened by your, your Holy Spirit and, and your word, having been brought together with with others who are on this journey, God, I pray that we would just leave strengthened.
God, I just, I give you permission to speak to each person in this moment, whatever it is that you want to say. God, we just thank you for your love that meets us where we are. I can't say that enough, and I just thank you. God, for those who aren't here today, whatever the reason may be, I pray that they, right where they are, would experience your presence and your love in an overwhelming way. I pray that it would strengthen them, that it would fill them with peace and with hope, that they too would know that they are seen and loved by you. God, as we open up your word together, I pray that you would open up our hearts. Whatever might be in the way of us being changed this morning, God, would you just remove it? Would you just humble us and and open up our hearts this morning to hear a fresh word from you? God, I pray that it wouldn't be my words that resonate, but that it would be your word, that you would speak truth. you would help us to be changed having encountered your word and your life this morning so God we just say again that we love you and we thank you for your love may each person know it this morning and we pray all of this in the name of Jesus amen Thank you, Kevin. You knew exactly where I was going and that I was going to probably ask you to play, and so I appreciate that. Well, uh, welcome this morning. We are continuing a series which we began a few weeks ago, uh, the Sunday after Easter. Uh, This series is called Forgotten God, and it's based off of a book that was written by the author's name is Francis Chan, Um, and this book is called Forgotten God, Reversing Our Tragic Neglect of the Holy Spirit. And I won't go into all of of kind of what I've already hashed out over the past few weeks, but uh, last week we did kind of pause as we uh, celebrated what we called Vision Sunday. We celebrated uh, welcoming in a kingdom vision for BFCN. We celebrated all that God has done over the past year, and, and we kind of I shared my dreams and my my hope for the coming year and years with you all. And so we touched on this just a little bit, but today we are going to pick back up, uh, fully immersed in the series. And um, I have to tell you that. After we began that first week, this has prompted a lot of helpful and meaningful conversations when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And I'm really excited about how God is already kind of challenging some of you, or this series is kind of awakening in some of you just this kind of desire to better understand the Holy Spirit. And so I've had several conversations with different people, and they all kind of have the same theme. And, and you probably know because you feel this yourselves, because we all do, and that is, how do I know? It's so hard to know when the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. How do I know? How can I be sure? 
And I had one really interesting conversation with somebody where they pointed out something that's really hard to wrestle with, and that is, look at all these examples of people who did things supposedly in the name of the Holy Spirit and God, and these things were, were horrible, awful things. What do we do with that? How do, I, how do I reconcile that as I open myself up to the voice of the Holy Spirit? And uh, to which I replied, that is a great question. And, and so that's kind of fueled some of where we're going today and, and even next week. I don't know if you guys are ready for this. It's kind of like a matrix type thing. We're going to kind of do like a, a two-week part inside the series, okay? So it's almost like a series within a series kind of a thing. So I don't know if you can handle that, but you probably can. So just go with it. But this week and next week, I want to look at one specific question, and that is, how does the Holy Spirit move? What does the Holy Spirit do? How can we recognize the Holy Spirit? That's more than one question, but but this is... There's a lot here to, to kind of look at, and so I, I, you're welcome, split it up into two weeks, because nobody wants to stay for that sermon where we unpack like 10 big things at once. And so uh, this week and next week, that's going to kind of what we're going to be doing is, is looking at how does the Holy Spirit move in our life? How can we recognize him? But I want to start with this reflective question. I want you to just ask this question to yourself and think about it for a moment. Do you undeniably see the Holy Spirit at work in you or around you? That's a loaded question, isn't it? Think about that for a second. Another way of asking that question, if, if the answer is yes, if the answer is no, hang on, we'll get there, okay? If the answer is yes, yes, I have at some point in my life seen the Holy Spirit work in or around me, I want to get a little bit deeper, and I want to ask you, when was the last time you undeniably saw the work of the Holy Spirit in you or around you? In other words, in your own life, you felt and saw the Holy Spirit doing something, or you saw it in the life of someone around you. I'm going to give you a second. Think about it. I really want you to try to think yes or no. Do you have an idea in mind of, of when the last time was that you undeniably, you know without a shadow of a doubt. Think about it. I don't want to rush, but I don't want to sit here all day for you either. So, so think about it. My, my, my suspicion is, is that you're, you're thinking something along the lines of, well, I'm pretty sure it was the Holy Spirit, my suspicion is that you have an idea in mind and you're like, I'm, I'm almost positive it was the Holy Spirit, but undeniably, I don't know. Why, why that word? Why is that word thrown in there? And so as you think about that, if you haven't thought about something, just continue to think about that and, and maybe something will pop up. But, but if you can't think of anything, if you're like, I have no idea, then I just want to say that is okay and this is a great opportunity for us then to, to talk about what the Holy Spirit does and how we can recognize the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, and that's good for both, of, for, for both those who maybe don't recognize him at all or for those who feel pretty strongly that we recognize him, but we can never really uh, talk about this stuff enough, I don't think. So, so that's what we're going to do. Now, I have one disclaimer before we jump in, and you know how this goes. When it's a packed sermon, we jump in and we go fast, and I'm really caffeinated today, so we're going to go really fast. Uh, but one disclaimer before we jump in. 
there, and I appreciate how Francis Chan mentions this in his book. Like I grabbed, I grabbed onto this and held closely to it because I thought it was so important that I can stand up here for two weeks and talk about the Holy Spirit, how we recognize him, what he does in our lives, go on and on. And yet I could never fully explain the work or activity of the Holy Spirit to its satisfaction. Do you see what I'm saying? Like we should never seek to fully understand everything there is to know about the Holy Spirit because there is always going to be more to discover about the Holy Spirit. There is always going to be more of him to experience. There are always going to be new ways of seeing and recognizing the Holy Spirit. And so I'm not here today to sum it all up and tie it up with a pretty bow. I just want you to be aware of and recognize the Holy Spirit's presence. But always understand, always remember rather, that we can never limit the Holy Spirit and what he's capable of. Amen? So, so hold on to that. Don't lose sight of that. All right, so here is a way number one that we can recognize the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you have trouble discerning whether or not this is the Holy Spirit, I want to assure you this morning that if you are a, a follower of Jesus, you have repented from your sins, you have turned in a new direction, you have made Christ Lord and center of your life, and you seek to follow him, and you are open to the ways that he wants to make you new every single day, then the Spirit is always speaking to you. Always. Now, as Nazarenes, this is going to get a little nerdy and deep for some of you uh, who don't maybe know this or, or don't want to get that far. But as Nazarenes, we believe that that begins even before we make the decision to follow Jesus, which is a really hopeful and beautiful thing, that the Holy Spirit is always moving in our lives even before we recognize it. But I want to assure you this morning that if you are a follower of Jesus, you certainly need to understand that the Holy Spirit is always speaking to you. Always. The question is, are we listening for his voice and do we recognize his voice? That's what we really need to try to understand because the Holy Spirit is always speaking to us. That's very broad, I understand, but it's where we ought to begin. Now, a few weeks ago, we looked in John chapter 16, um, and we won't unpack all of that again, but, but Jesus is, is, this is situated in what we call Jesus' farewell discourse or final discourse where he is making an effort to share everything he can with the disciples before he goes to the cross. And he even tells them, there is so much more that I want to share with you that you're not ready to hear. There's so much more that you're not ready to understand. And so he says this to them, and I just want to remind us of this truth today. In John 16, starting with verse 13, we read, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Listen to this. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Hang with me. I know this is a lot. And all that belongs to the Father is mine, Jesus says. And that is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. That is a deep passage and there is so much we could say about that. But the one thing I want you to hold on to in this moment is that everything that the Holy Spirit says to you, he's always speaking, everything that the Holy Spirit says to you will glorify Christ. 
And so one sure way of knowing that, that what you are hearing is from the Holy Spirit is if it glorifies Jesus. Does it align with what Jesus said and how Jesus lived? If it does, then it's a really good chance that it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. If what you are hearing does not align with what Jesus said or how Jesus lived, then there's a really good chance that it's not the Holy Spirit. But you see, we tend to complicate this because in, in the big tent of, of Christianity, okay, this exceeds all denominations. In the big tent of Christianity, we complicate this. And there are some of us who say, well, if I am full of the Holy Spirit, then that must mean that the Holy Spirit, that everything I think comes from the Holy Spirit, right? If he's in me and if he's always speaking to me, then everything I think comes from the Holy Spirit. But the problem with the tension there that we have to wrestle with is that we as, as, as fallible human beings are often subjected to unpleasant thoughts and ideas and images. And so we do allow things to come into our minds that conflict with the Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying? And so, for instance, if you're driving down the road and you have this intrusive, impulsive thought to swerve your car into oncoming traffic, I'm just going to jump out there and say that that's not from the Holy Spirit. Okay? The Holy Spirit's not telling you to do that. That does not glorify God. That's hurting you and hurting others. That is not the voice of God. That's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. So not every thought that comes into your mind needs to be attributed to the Holy Spirit because we have to filter those things and align it with God's word and with Christ. But if you are somewhere and you feel the sudden urge to speak something positive to somebody or just say something to them that you might not normally say and it's something that's loving and encouraging to them, friends, listen to that because that sounds and looks like the Holy Spirit. If it's building you up and building someone else up, those are just examples. Because the other extreme of from, well, I'm, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, so every thought must be from him. The other extreme is, the only way to know if the Holy Spirit is speaking to me is if he does so in a huge, loud way that I couldn't possibly deny. And can that happen? Yeah, sure. I think some people have those moments, but I'm here to tell you it's rare. I think that that is rare, that oftentimes the voice of the Holy Spirit is still and small and constant. And it's just something that you learn over time as you get to know the heart of Christ and as he says here, what the Holy Spirit is communicating to you from him, okay? That was a lot for number one. <laughs> so moving on to, okay, so just to recap though, the Holy Spirit is always speaking to us, to be clear. That doesn't mean every thought is from him, but the Holy Spirit is always seeking to move in our lives and he is always speaking to us in some way, but we have to be careful and discern what that is that he is speaking to us. Okay, the second thing is that the Holy Spirit is, he comforts us, encourages us, and strengthens us. That's kind of different ways of saying the same thing. That the presence of the Holy Spirit is one that, that comforts and encourages and strengthens. I don't know if it, how many of you might be super familiar with, uh, you're probably super familiar with the Apostle Paul, uh, who writes many books of the New Testament. These are his epistles. But before he was Paul, he was Saul. Right? He was a Pharisee and a murderer of Christians. And for some of you who aren't super familiar with the, the story of the Bible, that could be really confusing to you. But you see, Saul at this point was on mission. 
He was on mission for God, and you could even argue maybe that he was not discerning the voice of God, okay? He thought he was doing what God wanted him to do. He thought Jesus was this false prophet, was was doing despicable things in the name of God, and that didn't align with Paul or Saul's idea of God. Same person, different names, super confusing. But he, so he sought to get rid of the problem, to eliminate the threat, okay? But then he has this radical encounter with Jesus, and, and Jesus says a lot of things to him, and Paul's life is turned around, and so he goes on and seeks to partner with the other disciples in the name of Jesus. He wants to join the mission. He's properly discerning the voice of, of Jesus in his life, and now he wants to join the disciples, to which they say, that's a hard no, man. You were killing Christians. Like, no, <laughs> no. But after some time, they see that, that Paul has indeed changed, that he has had a radical encounter with Christ. And so all of this happens, okay, we're getting to a point where in Acts chapter 9, in verse 31, we read about this this beautiful moment that happens kind of in the middle of all of this. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. And living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, the church, it increased in numbers. Now, as I said, up until this point, like, or you may not know this, I don't know. If you don't know much about the story of the church, up until this point, the church was on this roller coaster. It was kind of one crazy thing after another. I mean, the Spirit has entered the scene at Pentecost, and the disciples, followers of Jesus, are filled with the Holy Spirit. The church sees this explosive growth, and they're all of a sudden empowered as they are filled with the Holy Spirit, and it starts off really well, but then all of a sudden, this disciple Steve. Stephen is is murdered. He is horrifically murdered. He's the first Christian martyr. But then you kind of go back up. You have Philip's exciting ministry uh, in Samaria and with the Ethiopian eunuch. But then Saul comes in and he's persecuting and killing Christians. But then he converts and wants to join the church. And it's a roller coaster of events. And in the middle of all of that, and that's just getting started, Okay? In the middle of all of that, you have this moment of encouragement and of peace as the Holy Spirit dwells in and among the church, among the people of God, reminding them that through glorious times or through grief-stricken times, the Holy Spirit is always there to comfort and to strengthen and to encourage. And the church experiences, we see this both joyful times and difficult times, but the Holy Spirit is still faithful to comfort and strengthen and encourage us. And I thought about this for us, for for the church and our church even, as I thought about the time of, of COVID, both during COVID, during 2020, and then post COVID. And we've just seen it's been a roller coaster. Again, we're not trying to compare our situation to that of the early church, but this is how this translates in our lives and in our church, in the church today. That was a, a, a difficult time. We, we were trying to balance uh, the way that the church was being challenged to move outside of its walls and, and had to, to do things in new ways, right? But we were also kind of holding that with this sickness, this crazy sickness and, and the deaths that we were seeing. And it was just like, we didn't even know. And I don't know about you, but in the midst of all of that, I had peace. I had days where... 
you know, you're like, wow, what, how is this going to work out in the end? Because I'm not so sure, right? We had those days that were more difficult than others, days where I just wasn't doing all that great. But overall, I, I, I wasn't overly concerned about what's going to happen to the church. Is this going to be the, the end for the church? Is this it for the church as we are kind of divided up into our own homes and, and having to do things in new ways? I felt strangely optimistic about that and strangely hopeful And I can only attribute that to the Holy Spirit because the rest of the world was like, it's the end. (laughs) YOLO, because this is it probably. So let's just, you know, ride it out. But I felt strangely encouraged and strengthened. And then I think about how the church, as we've come back together, and this church in particular, we went through such a transition in 2021, both in coming back together, and then you got a new pastor, and it was just like you were starting all over. Everything was brand new. And I just think about the ways that the Holy Spirit has done this very thing, even in our little body of people. He has strengthened us and encouraged us and has comforted us, even in the midst of all of the change And to that I say, amen and amen. All right, moving on. I know. (sighs) Number three, the Holy Spirit empowers us to participate in the mission. So he's always speaking. He comforts, encourages, and strengthens us. And he empowers us to participate in the mission. Some of you might be like, what mission? What mission are we talking about? Well, when Jesus gathers his disciples together after his resurrection and before he ascends to the Father, He is commissioning his followers and his disciples. And he says to them in in Acts chapter 1, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And you need to know that for those disciples, they could probably get on board with Jerusalem. But anything beyond that was like, whoa, what? You know, and so there was certainly this moment where they must have felt a lack of discernment. Like, how are we going to do this? What does that look like exactly? Uh, This sounds a little bit beyond what we're capable of. But Jesus encourages them that because of the power of the Holy Spirit, they will be able to do these things. And I imagine that as the church grows and as it carries on the mission, as it, as, as it experiences the presence of the power of the Holy Spirit, I imagine that there were moments where they felt overwhelmed and felt like they lacked discernment, and yet they became increasingly aware of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we see this all throughout the book of Acts. And even beyond. But we see this certainly in the book of Acts that the church still experiences very difficult times, right? Jesus doesn't say, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll never experience a hard day. Jesus didn't tell them anything about uh, the specific horrible things they were gonna have to deal with, although he did prepare them in his own way for those things. But he doesn't go into that. They experience that later, and even in the midst of great suffering and persecution. The church is unstoppable because they are filled and empowered by the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was relentless in church. I feel like we've lost sight of some of this because I don't think, I don't know, I'm open to you correcting me later if you disagree, but I don't think we believe that this same power exists in us today. I think a lot of us are really skeptical that the same power we see in the New Testament, in Acts, is available to us today. 
I think we're really skeptical when it, di- when it comes down to it. Deep down, we're just like, I don't know. That seems like a special thing for a special time. And I think we're just not open to it. And that's where I want to kind of challenge us and encourage us just a little bit today. That this is where we tend to limit God. This is where we tend to put limits on God that, that, that we weren't meant to put believing or thinking that, that he doesn't still move in powerful and undeniable ways when he does. And I don't think we need to fabricate it. I don't think we need to, to kind of do our own part to get it going, if you will. I don't think we need to do anything to, to make God do anything. We just need to be open to it, right? We just need to be open to the, the things that God does want to do that may seem impossible or even a little bit outside of what we're comfortable with. Some of you don't like that. You're like, no, no, no. If it pushes up against my comfort zone, then I'm going to be closed off to it. But friends, I have a feeling that a lot of the early church experienced things that was uncomfortable for them. And it pushed up against the things that they were used to seeing. And yet, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit was undeniable. And I want that same experience for us today. Paul reminds us, listen, you need this reminder. Because Paul reminds us, he says that that the Holy Spirit is able to do so much more than all we ask or imagine. And so what that tells me is that we have limited our asking and our imaginations. These things have been limited because God wants to do, the Holy Spirit wants to do so much more than we can even ask or imagine. So what are we asking him to do? What are we imagining that he would maybe perhaps do? Are we limiting God and how he wants to move? All right, number four, we're coming down the hill now, closing up. Number four, because of the Holy Spirit, we abound with hope. I'm not going to insult your intelligence and go through all of them again because I think you got it at this point. So because of the Holy Spirit, we can abound with hope. Some of you might have the habit of opening up your news app or turning on your televisions the very first thing when you wake up in the morning. And if you do that, I'm not here to be your judge. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's not the healthiest thing. I don't know. But, but if you do that, you likely start off the day with this glaring reminder that we don't have a lot to feel hopeful about, Right? That depending on where you're getting your news and and what you're looking at first thing in the morning, it's a glaring reminder that there's just not a lot to feel hopeful about. But because of the power of the Holy Spirit and because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, the church and and followers of Jesus can, can stand in a dark, hopeless world and be filled with hope even when it seems like there's nothing to feel hopeful about. And Paul, he goes on in in Romans chapter 15, he says, may the God of hope fill you. I got us off, you guys, sorry. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I probably gave you guys the wrong scripture. I'm just going to throw myself out there. Maybe I gave you the wrong scripture for that one, but we... Romans 15 is what, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. 
so that you may overflow with the power and hope of the Holy Spirit. I really appreciate what New Testament scholar N.T. Wright says about this verse. He says, and we ought to listen to this and really pay attention, he says, this is one of those summary verses which says so much in such a short space that it would be worth learning by heart, committing to, to memorizing, if you will. He says, I, I, about verse 13, he says, this ought to be a verse that the church, that we followers of Jesus, turn into a prayer. Prayer for our own churches, prayer for the worldwide church today and tomorrow, and prayer for God to be glorified in the life of his own people. And, and that got me thinking about us and the church and how often we lament about things. We grieve over things. We openly just, oh, I wish things were different. Why does it have to be? Why do I have to experience so much conflict? And, and why do we experience this? And there's negativity. And we, we might lament and complain and grieve about these things. Is it complaining or grieving? I don't know. Sometimes we can't tell the difference. And yet we stop there, right? How often do we voice these things out loud, but we are unwilling to spend even a few moments let alone a significant amount of time in prayer over those things. If it's so significant and important, shouldn't we at least match the time we're spending complaining about it to the time we're praying about it and then go beyond that, obviously? But I think about that and how prayer is so important and crucial to all of this. And I have to tell you, as your pastor, it's encouraging that so many of you all are thinking and feeling the same thing. I've had lots of conversations with people lately about prayer and like, how can we be more of a praying church? How can we lean into to prayer as a church together a little bit more? Because I feel like we're missing that. And I say to that, me too. And so we're, we're thinking about that, about how we can kind of step up as we seek the, the, the leading spirit of God are we even pausing to open ourselves up to what the Holy Spirit wants us to do and how he wants to encourage us? And last but not least, oh, that's where I got messed up, you guys. I don't know how that happened. All right, I'm going to let you guys take control because that's throwing me off. Okay, now we have, because of the Holy Spirit, we have something to offer the world. Because of what the Holy Spirit offers us, we have something to offer the world. We are able to be on mission then in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our workplaces. We can be on mission because of what we have received. We can then share with the world. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And friends, what this was speaking to me this week is that this is a game, if you will. It's, it's an activity that we are all to participate in. And what I mean by that is that you aren't meant to participate on the sidelines. Like, that doesn't count for participation. That you are invited to be in the game, if you will, and experience what is happening, not just sitting on the sidelines and being a spectator, right? This is, we all participate. We all show up and participate in what the Holy Spirit wants to do in each and every one of us. We all have a role to play. 
And there's no good that's going to come from us sitting on the sidelines and, and looking at others saying, well, what are they doing? And what is, what is he doing? And why aren't we doing this? And why aren't we doing that? Friends, I would tell you that the Holy Spirit is in you, and so you have a role to play. Paul goes on to talk about how important it is that we all discern how the Holy Spirit wants to use us, and then we do it. We respond. We participate in what God is doing. We all have a part to play. I, I love, and I promise, we're getting there. We're closing it up. I love how in Acts chapter 2, to kind of bring this all full, full circle here, in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, Peter has just stood up. Peter, a disciple of Jesus, has just stood up in front of thousands. And he, having been filled with the Holy Spirit, He's got a sermon fresh in his mind and on his heart, and so he gets up and preaches a word. And in, in, our, in today's understanding, it would have been a message that resonated because thousands of people were responding to Peter's message, and they said, and I quote, what can we do? They were responding to what Peter was saying. They were responding to what they were seeing, and they were cut to the heart, Luke says. And they responded with, what can we do? We want this. We want to experience this. Whatever this is, we want it. What can we do? And Peter tells them. He goes through and he basically just says to them, this is for anyone and everyone who wants it. Anyone and everyone who is open can receive the Holy Spirit. He says to them, turn Turn from your former way of living and fix your eyes on King Jesus. Resolve to follow Jesus and move toward Jesus and, and be baptized. Be baptized. Repent of your sins. Be baptized. Resolve to follow King Jesus and you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what's required. That's what they had to do. And so the the question remains this morning. They just had to be open to it. They had to respond and to be open. And so that presents us with a question this morning. Are we open to this presence of God in our own heart? Are we open to the transforming power of the Holy Spirit and inviting him to do a new thing in us? That's where we're going to pause this week. We're going to look at a few more next week. And next week, they have to do more with kind of the sin issue and how the Holy Spirit addresses sin in our lives and, and gives us freedom from sin. We'll kind of look at that activity. But first this morning, I, before we end, I just want to pause and acknowledge that all of all these five things that I've mentioned today, there may be some who, who say, I've never experienced any of those things. And if I have, I wasn't aware of it. You might be wondering, what happens if I don't see these things in my life? And I would just say to you, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. And I would implore you to be open. And I love how Francis Chan in his book talks about how it's so important for us to recognize that this is impossible to accomplish on our own. That there's nothing that any of us can do to experience these things. Do you hear me? 
There's nothing you can do to make all of these things happen, to feel like you hear the Holy Spirit, to be encouraged and strengthened. You can't do anything. You just have to be open to let God do all of this in you. Francis Cheney says, it's impossible to do on our own, and that's kind of the point, because it's only God's power and God's strength, and we are opening ourselves up to all that God wants to do, and we can't do any of that on our own. And so I know that 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 was a lot to take in this morning. But as we close in a time of response, I'll invite the praise team to come. And and what I would like you to do, maybe this would be helpful if, if we all did that obnoxious thing that the pastors tell us to do sometimes, to close our eyes. <laughs> Some people are like, don't tell me when to close my eyes and, and what to do. But maybe it will be helpful because I want you to think about this question, regardless of where you are spiritually and and what you feel like you have seen and witnessed in your life when it comes to the Holy Spirit, I want all of us to be open to this question or to these questions of, God, what do you want to do right now? What do you want to do in me right now, God? And another question might be, God, what do you want to do in me right now? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond? And what is it that you want to do in my heart right now? Will you open yourselves up to that question? That's all I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to do anything crazy or overly committing to me this morning. I just want you to open yourselves up with this honest question before God. God, what is it that you want to do in me right here, right now? How are you calling me to respond? And as we think about that, I want us to pray this prayer, not out loud together. I'm going to read it, and I just want you to pray this in your heart. This is our prayer this morning. Lord, I am open to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come to me. Dwell in me. Speak to me so I may become more like Christ. Because that's what it's all about. Lord, give me the courage to be open. Some of us just need to start there. Lord, give me the courage to be open. Lord, I am open to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Amen. You can stand with us if you're able. We're going to sing together as we just reflect on the faithfulness of God sometimes when we're struggling to hope or to believe that these things could be true. I think that reflecting on the times when God has been faithful to work in our lives and the things that he has done in the past are an encouragement to us. They stand as a testament to his faithfulness and that he's been faithful and he's going to continue to be faithful. And if we're singing these words and to you they don't feel true, that's okay too. 
we all come to God where we are, and it's important that we come authentically. So if these words don't feel true, and that doesn't give you hope or faith that just causes you to be like, so that's weird, that's also something that you can bring to the Lord because he wants this to be true for you. So let's sing it together. recognizing, like Pastor Nicole said, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. All we have to do is be open. This isn't something that we do. These things aren't true because we believe them or we made them true. It's the work that he does. So just let that free you and receive because he's coming after you. My life laid down, 
share just two little caveats with you this morning or two more things I want you to think about. One is, listen, this was a lot that we unpacked this morning. And just so you know, a general rule when, when being a part of a Sunday morning worship service that in, entails a sermon that was prepared and, and meant to be heard, but it wasn't meant to stop here. Like, if that is ever the case where you just hear a bunch of things and you leave it here and you don't think about it again until next week or the next, like that defeats the whole purpose of what we're doing here. But this is meant to encourage you to get with other followers of Jesus and to wrestle with these things in your own life with where you are, right? And so part of, of spiritual growth happens when you make this tangible, when you take this and you find a follower of Jesus that you can unpack some of these things with. Like, what does this mean? What does this look like? There was a lot of things that I need to explore a little bit more and understand a little bit better. And that's the whole point because we could never do all of that here. And so my hope is that you, if you're wrestling with some of these things, that you will find someone to, to kind of unpack all that with, okay? And then the other thing, I, just in case anyone missed it, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, that uh, we're having a Connect 101 class that begins um, sometime in the month of May. I'm looking at next week, but if you're interested in that and learning more about BFCN, if you just want to learn more about who we are as a local body and, and what we're all about and, and kind of what we're passionate about, and, and if you want to learn more about our denomination, our tradition, the Church of the Nazarene, you are invited to participate in the Connect 101 class. And that's going to be held um, at 9.30, probably starting next week, but I also am just trying to figure out who all is interested in that. I've spoken to a few people, but let me know, and we'll start that sometime in May. And um, that's just an, an opportunity for you to explore more about what I alluded to. Like, what, what do you guys believe about the Holy Spirit? That's the time to, to kind of learn some of those things. So I just want to leave you with that this morning. Uh, and with that, I invite you to stand, and I will close with this benediction. 
to all of my brothers and sisters in Christ, it's my prayer that you would go in the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit today, that you would be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life and in the life of those around you, and that you would celebrate his presence that is guiding you. You are dismissed. Have a beautiful day.